0: Mother's Day. Uh, Also, thanks. It's Sermon Snack Sunday. So if you don't know what that is, you're about to find out as the three lovely ladies in the back begin to uh, distribute the sermon snacks. We have popcorn, we have some cookies, and we have some candy for your personal choice. So, they're gonna go ahead and make that happen for you. Um, spread out, ladies, um, so that we can get through the crowd quick because I know they're anticipating this. Um, the fight for family. The fight for family. That's what we're gonna talk about today. And, um, you know, if you've been on social media at all, like ever, really. Um, you've noticed over the past several years, from time to time, people will post um, graphics and it will say "pro tips." Have you noticed that? It'll be like "pro tip," and it like, could be like a mom thing or whatever, and they're, they'll give you some advice. They may not be a pro, okay, but they're like they're just saying they're a pro, and they'll be like "pro tip, do this, blah blah blah, make your life better." And well, some time ago, I came across like a whole list of uh, teenager pro tips. So these pro tips were for teenagers to give, you know, some advice in case they didn't know how to be a really good teenager. And I think for the the parents in the room, you're going to really like this, okay? Uh, for the teenagers in the room, I don't know. You may not like it. You may not like it. Uh, but it, it's not meant to be a uh, There's no judgment here. There's no judgment here. It just is what it is. So we're going to go through some of these teenager pro tips. Are you guys ready? All right. We have some slides to help you follow along. Teenager pro tip. After saying coming, don't come. Teenager pro tip. If you scrunch up a towel correctly, you can make it stay wet forever. Teenager pro tip. Teenager pro tip. Leave two squares of toilet paper so you don't have to change the roll. Load ice cubes in your hydro flask with 60% accuracy. Does anybody else just walk around the kitchen floor with a little waters? Yeah. When sitting on a couch, any location within arm's reach is appropriate Appropriate for storing used food wrappers. Teenager pro tip. The proper way to hang a towel is to not. Empty food boxes go back into the pantry. When you hear dinner, immediately start a lengthy activity like taking a nap. When the dishwasher is empty, put your dirty dishes in the sink. Wait a few weeks to unpack. How many from convention are, yeah. So we came back from Reading last week. I don't think Faith unpacked. I think she just kind of like added a few things for convention. Teenager pro tip, tidy up your room by putting clean clothes in the wash. All your shoes should be white. Also, they should block the doorway. The water you accidentally spilled on the floor makes the floor slippery. Quickly exit to safety. And the ground is your closet's largest shelf. Use it accordingly. The fight. The fight for your family is what we're going to talk about today. And, um... You know, our lives are about 10% what we post on social media and about 90% not, right? It's our highlight reel. We have our highlight reels that depict these grand adventure filled days that everyone gets to watch from a distance and kind of wish they had. But the reality is my day-to-day life is very similar to yours. I might not post about that, though. Or maybe I will. Maybe I'll post my coffee. How do you like this coffee picture you're going to see? Oh, it's, isn't that nice? Yeah. Yeah. Or my dog. Peaches. Or my coffee and my dog. Yeah. She's in the background. She's like blurred out a little bit. You know, maybe that's exciting though. If I get the lighting right and blur the right areas, nice fade in the background. What about the dessert pictures? You're like, know, oh, that's good. Coffee and dessert. That's extraordinary desserts downtown but what's really fascinating, you're gonna like this one is when you write a book and then you post about that. <laughs> what? Like how cool are you? <laughs> I'm making fun of myself. Or maybe you know sometimes we travel to other countries and we and we do fantastic things and we there's poor people you know we post about that and it makes ourselves feel really good. It's the 90% it's the 90 degree weather. When your friends are in winter, we post about that. It's the new car. We post about that. It's the perfect vacation pictures. We post about that. <laughs> That's a 90-degree weather. This is our highlight reels, or so we think. We feel it. We're told it. We're, it's spoken. Wh- whether or not we, we crave that adventure that other person's having, well, we grind out the long hours of the day-to-day known as parenthood, life, and specifically for today, motherhood. Motherhood is the never-ending fight for family. Motherhood, it's a miracle in the making, and it's a miracle in the waiting. It's not a quick work. It's not an easy task. A lot of people, a lot of females can give birth and be a mom, but the great ones are made over time. Proverbs 31, this is a picture of a great woman, a great mom that's been cultivated and intentionally grown. Let's read through it. Starting at verse 10 An excellent woman. Who is he who can find her? Her value is more precious than jewels, and her worth far above rubies or pearls. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and she will have no lack of gain. She comforts, encourage, and does him only good and not evil. She looks for wool and flax and works with willing hands in delight. She is like the merchant ships. She brings her household's food from far away. She rises while it's still night and gives food to her household. She assigns tasks to her maids. She considers a field before she buys it. With her profit, she plants fruitful vines in her vineyard. She equips herself with strength. And makes her arms strong. She sees her gain is good. Her lamp does not go out. She stretches out her hands and her hands hold the spindle. She opens and extends her hands to the poor. She reaches out her filled hands to the needy. Come on. She does not fear the snow for her household for in her household are clothes. Inexpensive scarlet. She makes for herself coverlets, cushions, rugs. Her clothing is linen, purple, pure. Her husband is known in the city gates when he sits among the elders. She makes linen garments. She supplies sashes to the merchants. Strength and dignity are her clothing. And her position is strong and secure. She smiles at the future knowing they're prepared. She opens her mouth in skillful and godly wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to how things go in her household. She does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also. And he says, many daughters have done nobly and well, but you excel them all. Charm and grace are deceptive. And beauty is vain but a woman who fears the Lord shall be praised give her the product of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates of the city <laughs> Forget the highlight reels this is the goal this is the goal and this is possible this is po- this is p- the picture of a great child once who is now an adult but has been cultivated, who has been intentionally grown. She didn't just wake up one day like this. Margaret Mead says the solution to adult problems tomorrow depends on large measure upon how our children grow up today. You know, the true highlight of motherhood is not the grand gestures. It's not the big adventures. It's not even the milestones. It's not the theme parks, the the bigness of motherhood is the Monday morning just trying to get up and have coffee before your littlest wakes up. It's the risk you take to help your middle schooler deal with a friend conflict. It's the Friday night when your teenager is at home because they have no one to hang out with, no friends. It's the Sunday on the way to church when everyone's fighting all at once. It's the courage you have in the moments of pain. Those are the highlights. Why? Because those are the ones that bring you strength. Those are the ones that make you the hero. They make you grind it out because of love. Those are the ones that, that make you what could break you, but what transform you and what grows you. Motherhood is hard to do it well. And to do it well, we have to do hard things. It's not domesticated. It's not free from danger. We have to be risk-takers, intentional pursuers of what's right, what's just, and what's sacred. And this will push us to limits we are unfamiliar with and with boundaries that are unclear. Laurel Thatcher said it this way, Well-behaved women rarely make history. This is motherhood, and the history is found in family legacy. You know, Rosa Parks, I don't think she was behaving acceptable according to social norms when she refused to give her seat and moved to the colored section of the bus. Come on. Deborah in the Bible may not have been behaving well when she led her people into war against the oppressor. What about Esther, who disobeyed the king's command, the law of the land, that she should not approach him when she was called to change a nation? Motherhood is kind of like that. It's miraculous, but it's risky. It takes tough skin. It takes courage, but it takes a soft heart. Moms are miracles crafted for a mission. And I know I'm talking specifically to moms, today, but you can take the principles that we're about to unpack and you can apply it to as a dad, as, as, you know, not a parent at all, just kind of in your life and how you navigate your mission on the earth. You can take these principles. See, in order to grow as a person and gain strength in our physical bodies, we must build muscle, right? We build muscle by bearing weight, There is also such a thing as skinny fat. You can appear to be fit, lean, trim. You can look the part, but you can actually be very weak. A few years ago, many years ago, I don't know, let's say 12 years ago. You can correct me if it was. I'm just throwing it out there, ish, 12-ish years ago. I, we were living a little further in the east county of San Diego, and I got up one morning to go to the pool to swim, and um, I swam, not much, and then on my way back, I was walking home, which was like a five-minute walk, and I got very dizzy, and well, I passed out on basically the road, and it was terrifying because, like, I felt it coming. I'm like, I can, like, the house is almost there. So I'm like, you know, like I'm trying to, like, gain composure and, like, crawl my way. And the next thing I know, I hear a neighbor, and she's kind of on the phone, and I'm fogging. I'm laying on the street. And then uh, I think, I don't know, anyway, somehow, maybe I did I text you? I don't know. Anyway, Craig showed up. and. And, oh, he heard the ambulance. The neighbor called the ambulance. And there's a big commotion on our street early in the morning. Emma showed up, and they put me in the ambulance. And I'm like, this is so awkward right now. So, anyway, needless to say, I didn't want to go to the hospital. But they're like, we really don't recommend that you, you know, not come with us. So, they take me to the hospital. They bring me to emergency. And I'm in the emergency room. I'm in my bathing suit, guys. Okay, I came from the pool. Okay. So I am in my bathing suit and I'm laying in the bed and Craig's there and they come in and they're doing all these tests and wonder what happened and and then other medical professionals come in as they're talking to the doctor and the nurses and stuff and they keep referring to me as an athlete and a swimmer. I I kid you not. It was probably like my first time swimming. Like like I barely could swim and um, definitely not an athlete. Like I, you know, since that time, I've started a, a like a workout regimen, and I do work out now on a regular basis. But then, this I'm talking about. Then I did not, I did not work out at all. Nothing. I didn't walk. Okay, nothing. Okay, and so, but they keep referring to me as an athlete and a swimmer. And Craig, he's sitting there, and he is about to like roll off the chair laughing, and I'm like. Doo, doo, doo. This is already humiliating, okay? I, like, basically I swam a half a lap around the pool. I tried to walk five minutes home. I passed it on the street. The neighbor called the ambulance. Now I'm in an emergency in my bathing suit, and they're calling me an athlete and a swimmer, and you're about to tell them I'm not? No, 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 no. We are going to let this ride out right now. See, there's such a thing as skinny fat. No one would have looked at me at that point and been like, she's weak. Or They were calling me an athlete and a swimmer, but I was not. I was weak. I was weak. You can also have issues the other way. If you overtrain, you're like super athlete and you overtrain but undernourish. Well, you're not feeding your body enough to keep up. And, and in that case, your body will begin to eat your muscle. It sounds kind of weird. But your body will begin to eat your muscle in order to keep going. And this over time also hurts you and causes you to digress. See, this is true of our bodies and it's true of our lives. Where we can do all the busyness of good things that will actually decrease our strength rather than build it. See, as daughters and sons of God, it is imperative that we carry weight and bear a load of raising our children, both in the natural and in the spiritual. To burn through our days with a lot of activity with our kids, but that has little eternal value, is to eat away at our muscle, is to eat away at the mission that we're called to in raising our families. We have a responsibility to not let the craziness of life eat through the muscle, but grow ourselves and grow our children into stronger, healthier, intentional humans and followers of Jesus. Psalms 144 verse 12 gives us a picture of what it looks like when we carry the weight we were meant to. It says this, that our sons may be as plants grown up in their youth. That our daughters may be as pillars sculptured in palace style. This is a picture of sons that are flourishing, seeing the goodness of God in their youth, not later, now. This is a picture of daughters as pillars, support, holding up what's in place. And that word pillar in this context also is defined as a leader not later, now. This does not happen overnight, but it is for the now and not later. An author and speaker, uh, Lisa Bevere, if you're familiar with her, she wrote a book called Lioness Arising. And in this book, she tells a story of a documentary as she watched, um, that she watched featuring the introduction and resettling of predatory cats into the regions of South Africa. I'm just going to read just a little bit of it. There's a group of two lioness, she said, and one young male lion. And the three lions, they had been living in a small enclosed area that was uh, attached to an electric fence that was keeping them in. And they were taking these lions to open them up to a vast, unfamiliar, unexplored exposure of land. So the wardens had anticipated a reaction that the lions would be unsure how to respond because they had always been enclosed. So because of this, they devised a strategy of how they might motivate these young lions into the new territory. They decided not to feed them for several days. (laughs) So they were very hungry. The park rangers offloaded the carcass of a large buck from the back of their truck and placed it outside the enclosure, but within the bounds of the lion's new home. The lions, as the gate opened, watched and lifted their heads when they smelled the buck's scent. Even though they were hungry, they were also cautious. The male lion did not budge from his place of safety. He stayed, and he watched the two lionesses approach the opening the fence. They crossed paths as they pace distrustfully back and forth. It is as if they were reconstructing the limits where the electric fence once stood. Together, they sniffed the air. They looked around. Then they retreated, only to return again to the opening. It seemed as if they were trying to work out what had happened. Finally, one of the lioness decided to go for it. Her hunger won out over her hesitation. She boldly crossed the line and approached the slain buck. At the halfway point, she glanced back <laughs> to her friend, though inviting her to come. The second lioness waited for a minute and then caught up with her sister. The two of them circled, sniffed back and forth, making certain all was well. Then they took the kill. It was good. They grabbed a hold of the buck by the neck and took it back to the enclosure so the lion could also eat and share alongside them. See, what we do today, even as we struggle, even as we risk, does truly impact our families and our children and our future. Because many of us in that situation could have taken the safety of hanging back Yet, there was something innately inside these female lions that saw more and what could be, and they lived for a greater reality than what they had currently experienced. This is motherhood. Second Corinthians, 6, verse 13, is, is, is 11 to 13, is a message to the Corinthians. But I wanted to say it to you today as moms and all of us real. It's here, it says, Dear, dear Corinthians, or moms, I can't tell you how much I long for you to enter this wide, open, spacious life. We didn't fence you in. The smallest you feel come from within you. But your lives aren't small. You're living them in a small way. I'm speaking as plainly as I can and with great affection to open up your lives and live openly and expansively. See, there is more of a mission for you and on you than changing diapers, than cleaning up messes, than getting kids to to events, than doing laundry, than cleaning the house, than, than all these things. Mothers are miracles with a mission, and it's risky, and it takes courage, and it's now and it is to come because we and our children are miracles in the making and miracles in the waiting. Miracles in the making. Let's go there for a minute. See, one of the roles of a, a lioness is grooming. That sound familiar? <laughs> are you grooming every day? <laughs> Lioness primarily groom each other's head and neck. They groom each other, not just their children. Areas that they would find difficult to reach on their own. They clean off the blood, the dirt, the, if there's anything there that shouldn't be there. And we do this as women, as moms. We, we do this. Come on. Like, we, like okay. Um, I don't know. A couple years ago, we were out in the cafe. And um, it was, you know, about time for service to start. And Lacey was there. She doesn't know I'm gonna tell this, and um, <laughs> she has a cutest little dog, Marshmallow. And um, I happened to notice that she had some um, dog fur on her pants or something, and I was like, "I have a lint roller in my office." I didn't even say anything to her. Honestly, I went and got the lint roller, and next she knows I'm lint rolling Lacey. I'm just lint. Rolling. Don't we help each other, right? I would hope she would do the same thing for me if I was about to walk up here and there's like lint all over my pants, right? We groom each other. We take care of each other. We're better together. We also groom our children. When lioness greets her cubs, it doesn't take long before she starts an impromptu grooming session. <laughs> it's like almost instant, and you guys know because you're the same way. It's like, oh, let me fix that, or you know, like get something off your face. It, it allows her to help them groom, but also as a mama, it helps her get close enough to her cub to pick up on any scent that could be on the cub that shouldn't be there, which is very interesting. Has the cub been somewhere unsafe? Has he been doing something he shouldn't be doing? What adjustments need to take place in this little cub's life to keep him safe, to keep him focused, to keep him on the right track? See the grooming is practical yet very intentional. As we groom we allow ourselves to keep the standards high in our lives. We need grooming. And Sometimes the more you need grooming, it's more evident, it's more obvious. You know, when we slip or we feel isolated, or maybe we're misunderstood as as just humans and we were angry or things like that, we need grooming from each other, from the body of Christ. We need someone to come in and help us and clean us up and speak to us and call us higher. That can be another, that can be a friend, that can be a pastor, that can be your child. It's just like, I'm noticing you're acting this way. (laughs) It doesn't happen alone to get on track. As growing moms, as growing people, we must keep focus on the main things in front of us and not get lost in the day-to-day. For us moms, there's a few things that we need to keep focus in order to do this well. Number one, love Jesus more than anyone If you put your kids first, your husband first, your friends first, you've already missed it. Love Jesus more than anyone. Number two, continual honest reflection with outside forces. Okay, what? what, it's like real time with people. Like, how am I doing? Like, what do you see in my life that I could adjust or change? Asking people real questions and being okay with the answer. Number three, celebrate your successes. See, it's not only about what I can improve and what I can do better, but what am I doing well? Like how many know sometimes you just need someone to tell you what you're doing well? You just need that. You just, you know what? I wasn't selfish today. Good job, Renee. You know, like I, I, I did something, and I didn't expect anything back. Like, well done. You know, I or I accomplished a project. I got a job. I, I wasn't. I didn't yell or whatever the case might be. Celebrate your success. And as moms who desire to have growing kids, we must focus more on just keeping them alive. Okay, although that is a very good thing to do. That if you can, if you can just. Sometimes it it, it feels like the hardest thing is just to keep them safe until they're 18. (laughs) I mean, motherhood goes on forever, as you know. but. But for them, for the kids, what's our role? Number one, teach them the ways of the Lord and speak his words over them. See, who they become depends much on what I speak over them. Ephesians 1, verse 3, speak this over them. You are blessed with every spiritual blessing. Put their name in there. Whatever their name is, you know, faith, you were made to do good works in Christ. Put their name in there. You are a gift from God. Speak this over them. Why are we speaking negativity over our children? I think they have enough of that. Speak words of life. Over our kids. Number two, open communication and safe spaces. As a mom, as a parent, you never need to stop being the first stop. Never, never. Whatever state you're in, or maybe you're like, I don't, I've, I just, I don't have open communication. I just never did that. I never started it. Start now. If they're five or if they're 25, start now. Open communication and safe spaces. You know, one of the things that I learned a while ago, many years ago with my kids is like sometimes they're just going to come home and you're like, well, I tried. Like, how was school? Good. How was youth? Good. Anything happened today? No. You know, and go on walks and say nothing. Hey, you want to go on a walk? Or if they don't like that, whatever they like to do, Sit beside them and say nothing. If you create the open, empty space, they will fill it. Say nothing and they'll begin to talk. And then you listen and you let them talk some more. Open communication, safe spaces. Number three, a call to hire without the guilt trip or shame smearing. See, we don't give our kids a pass. Like, we don't, like, oh, it's fine that you did that. Don't worry about it. Like, it's to be expected. We challenge them, but we don't shame them. There's a healthy balance there. You know, these things, and if you have said this before, like, forgive me. I'm not mean. I don't, I'm not judging you. But, like, I just want to challenge us, okay? So sayings like, boys will be boys. Well, she's only three. Well, teenagers girls are moody, so just is what it is. Well, they all go through this phase. No, none of that. We don't have to be okay with that. We don't have to accept that. Who says so? Who says boys will be boys? Like like maybe those who can't bother to call them higher. Maybe those who can't bother to take the time to invest. Maybe those who can't bother to just invest a little bit more hard work into a situation in order to call them to the level of which they can reach. Because I'm telling you, your kids are capable of the more than you think. We are all miracles in the making, and we are all miracles in the waiting. See, we advance as we wait. There's a lot of dead space in motherhood, (laughs) in parenthood. The days are long, (laughs) and the years are short. Um, Sometimes we're just waiting for our kids to grow when they're little. You know, it's just like, oh, it feels so long. I do remember those days where, you know, we were – You know, 7 a.m., we were already in the backyard playing for like an hour. (laughs) It's like, wow, why does he get up at 5 (laughs) a.m.? You know, like, those were long days. But the waiting doesn't have to be unproductive. See, waiting isn't always wasted. Sometimes waiting is warranted. Lioness. Lioness are strategic. They aren't the strongest savanna creatures. But what's lacked in strength, they make up in strategy and in heart. Lioness form teams. This is very fascinating. They hunt together, and in their hunt, they all have a role. Okay? So the dynamic of the hunt is absolutely amazing. There's three factors. There's timing, there's camouflage, and there's proximity. Timing is patience. Camouflage is strategic. And the proximity is wisdom. Timing is hard as a mom. The days are so long sometimes, like I said, and so short. As they get older, you have to get them to like 5 million places in one day, and there's just not enough time. However, timing will work in your favor if you wait for it. There are more favorable environments and timing spaces than others. For the lioness to attack prey, this is dusk and this is pre-dawn. Okay, so you can't make the sunset come faster; it comes when it comes, and you can't stop the break of day. It will happen. Lioness are patient; they're intentional, and the reduced lighting optimizes the camouflage, which grants the proximity. Many animals in the wild will lose their vision as it begins to get dark, but lioness does not. It sharpens. Lioness actually hide in the open. If you were to study about them, it is their best kept secret. And I love this. They appear super casual. They're just like doing their thing, but they're actually hiding in the open space. She may even nap as she waits. It's a light sleep. How many moms are like, heck yeah, it's a light sleep. I'm telling, I kid you not, I have not had a good sleep in 20 years. I'm serious. She is gathering strength as she waits for the right timing to make her move. And it might feel long, but the waiting isn't wasted. The hours go by, and the herd lowers their guard. They feel like they're safe, but they aren't. But they feel it. She realizes, the lioness, that the time is getting closer, but she's not ready to make her move yet. This whole time has been intentional as she waits in the wide open space. She stays low and she moves slow. Her paws are soundless. And then with a burst, she leaps and pounces. She may get the prey. She may miss at this point. But if she does, it doesn't matter because she doesn't always get it right. But she had a backup plan in place. And now the chase is on. She takes off. And as she had planned, because of strategy, she has a teammate waiting. Another lioness, part of her crew, is heading off the prey up ahead. And just when the victim leased expenses, The kill is made. Carefully executed, strategic team player, coordinated beautifully. Moms, what you do in the waiting season of raising your children, how you strategically provide what is needed at imperative timing is absolutely beautiful. Isaiah 28 and verse 6 says, Energy and insights of justice to those who guide and decide, strength and prowess to those who guard and protect. This is you. This is me. We have prowess. We are fierce, we are strategic, and we are innovative. Prowess is to have an exceptional ability. It is a strength. It is a valor or a bravery. See, whether you see it or not, you have prowess. It may be evident or it may just be waiting to be realized in your life. It may be hiding, waiting to be encouraged by another person in your life to be groomed in you, to develop from within you. But I guarantee you it is definitely there. And as we wait, our lives are miracles unfolding, and our children are miracles being formed as they watch our every movement and our every standstill. Lisa Bevere says, lioness train their young by modeling what is correct. In the wild, there's little margin for error. If skill sets are not transferred, the survival of the cubs is threatened and the legacy of the pride compromised. See, children are not our future. They are our present. And there is a fight for them now. And there is a fight for our families now. And as a mom, it is your fight. It is is not someone else's fight. Yes, the dads have a fight too, but they have their own fight. We all have a fight, spiritual moms, spiritual dads. We all have a fight, but you have your own fight and no one can fight it for you. The future will happen whether you fight or not, but the outcome will be drastically different. Lioness learn how to hunt through play. This is kind of cool. We are like, well, that I can do. (laughs) You were thinking your long days of playing, waiting, all those things is wasted, boring, not accomplishing anything. Nothing like the fight I'm talking about, right? But no. On the contrary, actually, because as you wait, you play. You play with your littles. There's the learning. There's the modeling. There's the looking and the repeating of the behaviors. That's happening. When, when they're super little, cubs tackle and pounce and tumble. This is so cute. So cute. They growl and they paw at each other. And then the mama jumps in and she shows her skills and she's like an expert player. You know, she's been doing this a while. The cubs learn something. And if they go too far in their play, and it gets a little testy, the mama guides them back. "Eh, Don't do that. (laughs) In the waiting, do the playing. In the waiting, do the playing. See, sometimes your, your little one might ask you to play, and it's just like bad timing. Or maybe your older one may be like, hey, can we, you know, watch some TV? And you're just like, I just, I can't do it right now. I just, I have so much on my list. Sometimes you're tired. Sometimes your heart's just not in it. Or sometimes your heart is in it. You want to be in it, but your head is so many different places. It still works. It still works. It still works because you're there. It still works. Sometimes we just need to give ourselves a little grace. See, as they grow, It's more than playing, although the play still happens. It's interference when things aren't going well, where you have to step in. It's the hard conversations when they're lost. But it's also the video games, the movies, and the ice cream. Sometimes they like their closeness. Sometimes they don't. (laughs) Sometimes they want you there. Sometimes they don't. But it's important to remember We are taking ground even when it feels like we're sinking in sand. We are. You are. In time, you'll see it, and they will too. Psalm 63, verse 7, because you've always stood up for me, I'm free to run and play. See, the interference is not control, it's having their back. When they like it and when they don't. And you can't let them ever veer too far from what's right. Even in the play when they're little, the so-called innocent behaviors and activities that they might find themselves in. Because we love them so much, we will put ourselves right in the middle of their space in order to play, in order to teach, in order to guide, in order to ask the hard questions. In order to be uncomfortable. It's going to be uncomfortable. But we love them too much to let their lives happen to them all on their own. As they grow, your approach will change, but it will never stop. Never stop being their first stop. You know, with, with my kids, you know, uh, Josiah is 20 and Faith's almost 17. And, um, you know, it's, it's that progression where I used to tell them what to do. When they are little, you know, pick, pick up your toys. Do, you know, like it's just like you tell them what to do when they're little. And then as they get a little, a little older, you suggest, you know, this is a good idea You suggest and you hope they make the right choice. You're like, please make the right choice. Please make the right choice. And then when they're older teenagers and adults, you ask questions to provoke, and then you listen. See, the approach changes, but it never stops. Moms, whether today you are, are like, fully present in your kid's life and you have it all together You're you're like killing it. Or you're half focused. You're actually sleep momming. (laughs) They are growing. And they are safe because you are there. We have a responsibility. We have a call to call our children higher, to believe in their ability to lead, to pray, to believe in their ability to make good choices, to believe that they can serve, that they can give, that they can develop a business, that they, they can live out their dream, that they can do conflict resolution, that they can be a safe spot in their high school for their friend groups, that they can stand up for justice in their classroom when things are going all over the place, when they can make a difference We need to believe in our kids. We will never be dispensable in the fight for our family. We must lead ourselves and them well. Never believe that a few caring people can't change the world. For indeed, that's all. Whoever have, why don't we stand? As I end today, there's a couple things I want to do. I want to pray over some moms, and we will all pray over some moms in the room. Um, and I know you have plans, and I'm not going to keep you because you have things you want to do and celebrate, and that's great. Um, I do have a couple books that I'm going to give away today. These are books that I wrote. uh, What could be a faithful journey, a lifelong legacy? And in this book, um, there's an excerpt that my mom wrote, and um, it's a prayer. Uh, As a grandma to my two kids, many years ago, she um, wrote this prayer, and it's something that she wrote herself, but it's absolutely fascinating, and it's powerful. And she prays it every day over my two kids, every day. She doesn't miss one day. She actually doesn't memorize now. Uh, but I asked her for it when I wrote the book so I could put it in there. And I'm going to give these two books away to two moms today, and uh, just as, as an encouragement, but also that prayer is in there. Um, that you can maybe begin praying over your kids, or you could maybe give it to your mom as a grandma to pray over your gran- your kids. Um, I'll, I'll do that afterwards, but first, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for three specific areas. Number one, the fight as a single mom, because it's different. I can't relate, and I am not naive enough to think that I can but I know it's different and it's hard because you carry the weight. And you bear it alone. So I want to pray for single moms. The fight as a struggling mom where you right now, you just feel so lost in the day-to-day. You're just like, man, I want to be all those cool things you're talking about, super mom. But I don't, I don't know. I want to pray for you because I know it's in you. And three, the fight to be a mom. Okay. I know that there are moms. There are there are ladies in this room that want to be moms or maybe watching online and you've been struggling to have a baby. Or maybe you're you're single and you just your dream is to be married and have a family. You one day you just desperately want to be a mom and I want to pray for those three areas. So um, if there. If you relate to any of those three areas or if there's something else that you want prayer for, I'm not going to ask you what that is. What I want you to do is I want you to raise your hand and then people around you, I want us just to gather and support as I lead out in prayer. So no one's going to know what you You know, want prayer for. But if you have a, one of those needs, yeah, just go ahead and raise your hand. And if you're beside someone with a raised hand, if you could just um, – go to them, any of those needs, or if there's something that I didn't mention that today you're like, you know what, I don't want to leave today without getting support or prayer. And let me just pray over you. Father, I just thank you. I thank you for Mom's Day. I I, I I thank you for a day that just celebrates the hard work of motherhood. I thank you for the moms in this room. I thank you that there is such a high calling on their lives. I pray right now for the single moms in the room. I pray that you would give them the strength to rise up day to day and to carry and bear the weight that feels sometimes too much because they feel so alone in it. I pray that they would feel your union with them as they raise their children alone. I pray that they would know that you are there, that you are comforting, that you are the wisdom, that you are everything that they need in Jesus' name. I pray for decisions that have to be made, that you would give them clarity and wisdom. I pray that finances that need to come in would be there always on time in Jesus' name. I pray for those in the room this morning that are struggling, that are lost in the day-to-day of of motherhood and, and just feel like they're losing in every area, I pray that today that they would feel a strength arise knowing that they do have what it takes to do things well and that with you working through them, they are more than able to accomplish everything that concerns their family, maybe their husband, their children today. God, I pray that they would feel revitalized and strong once again. I pray for any of those that are listening or in the room that are desperately are desiring to be a mom. And up to this point, it hasn't happened. I pray in Jesus' name for hope against all hope, that they would believe, that they would stand strong in your promises, that they would partner with you for the miracle. Right now, we just release miracles in this room. I release healing, whatever is maybe gone away in Jesus' name, that it would align up with the kingdom, that it would align up with heaven's voice, that it would line up with scripture that says that they are made whole and that they can have the children that has been maybe prophesied over them, that has been declared over their life and their family lineage in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, we thank you that you are with us, that you are for us, and that you have legacy all over our families, and our generations to come. And we pray in accordance to your will. In Jesus' name, amen.